Today is January 21st, 2021. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. Let's talk boxing. This year started out with a great heavyweight card, and it's really been silent ever since. That is until this weekend, January 22nd, live on Showtime at 9 p.m. We have a great featherweight championship matchup. Gary Russell Jr., featherweight champion, is the longest reigning champion in boxing, period. He's held the championship since 2015. The thing with Gary Russell Jr., though, is he's very inactive. He only fights an average of once a year. In fact, he went the entire 2021 without fighting at all. His younger brother died of a heart attack at the end of 2020, and his father-slash-trainer, who is a diabetic, had his foot amputated shortly after that and can no longer help train his son. So Gary's faced a lot of adversity over the last year and a half. He's obviously had the inactivity due to both the tragedy and his history, where he's just been fighting once a year. So something drastic like these family matters that came up, when stuff like that happens, it's only going to impact him further. Activity has never been a problem for him. He's perfectly comfortable with fighting once a year, showing up, putting on great performances, and then stepping away from the sport for another year. And when I say stepping away, I mean stepping away from professional fights. The guy is in the gym year-round. To be a featherweight, to be champion that long, you have to be a tip-top shape. You have to be on your A-game. And He's definitely in the gym year-round. He's a gym rat. Um, he's always posting videos. Well, not him personally, but there's always videos of him, I should say in the gym, sparring, always looking in shape, never looked off of his game at all. So I don't have any doubt that he's in shape. Um, the only thing that bothers me is, like I said, losing your brother and more importantly, the trainer, the trainer and father. When things like that start happening, that's when I get a little worried because Gary Russell Jr., while being a great talent, one of the most talented fighters in the game, he has some of the fastest hands in the sport. When you're talking about the fastest hands in boxing today, it's a short list. You got still, even though he's a little bit older, you still talk about Amir Khan. You talk about Ryan Garcia and the next name out of your mouth, if not someone you would mention before the previous guys, is Gary Russell Jr. Gary Russell Jr. has speed to the point where some of his combinations don't even look real. There'll be times where he's letting off a combination in the middle of a fight and you may miss one or two of those punches in the sequence. That's how fast his hands are. If you're not paying attention, you will miss Gary Russell's combinations. Gary Russell is the type of guy that could let off like a three or four punch, three or four jabs in a row, something that you don't often see. Three or four jabs consecutively, and most of them are landing. That's what's impressive about Gary Russell Jr. He does things that most guys can't do because he has speed that you can't teach. It's a gift. So Gary Russell Jr., and he's a southpaw, he comes through with blazing speed combinations from a southpaw stance, and he's highly accurate, very technical. He could fight off the back foot very well. He could just keep you at bay with a jab because of the speed and the athleticism to get out of the way at the same time. Gary Russell Jr., while he only fights once a year, that also has some positives. He doesn't have tremendous amounts of damage 
done to his body. He doesn't get hit that often. His only loss is to Vasily Lomachenko. Most of his fights don't appear to be that close. Like I said, when you have hand speed like that, it can make up for anything. It can make up for inactivity and things like that because the speed isn't going away. Add that with the fact that he's much shorter than most of his opponents. He uses that to his advantage. The guy's only like 5'4". He uses that to advantage because he's a tough target. He's a tough guy to hit. He's small and he can swivel his waist around, move his head very well, and he has that speed from a southpaw stance. He's a very tough guy to deal with, especially when you're letting off combinations. But he's he's matched up really tough. Tough, excuse me, Mark Maxeo, the Filipino, signed to Manny Pacquiao, trained by Freddie Roach. He is a real puncher, 23 and 0, 16 knockouts. You don't see that ratio too often at featherweight. This guy can punch. Last two fights were knockouts, and they were both devastating. Like I said, he's undefeated. He's trained by Freddie Roach. You know he's going to be prepared. He has a style similar. I can't say it's like Manny Pacquiao because there's only one Manny Pacquiao. He doesn't have the legs of a Manny Pacquiao. He doesn't have the hand speed as Manny, like Manny Pacquiao. But what he does have is that aggressive in-and-out style. Very fan-friendly, highly entertaining. I expect this to be a fun fight. If Gary Russell Jr. isn't on his A-game, Magseo has a very good chance of pulling off this upset. Power versus speed. Inactivity, family problems, things like that come into play here. I'm still picking Gary Russell Jr. I think the greats are different. They find ways to block out everything outside of the ring. You may go, be going through a tragedy in your personal life. You may be inactive. You may be without your trainer that you've had your entire life. But the greats find a way to get it done. I think he wins in a competitive fight. But Magsaya will be there all night with his power. Power, great trainer, great pedigree, great sparring. Magsaya is a real threat to Gary Russell's championship. Gary Russell, the longest reigning champion in the sport. And... Even though he was fighting once a year, he's usually fighting his mandatory opponent, and he's been matched up tough. Beat King Tug, who is also on this undercard, Nyambiar. I'm not going to butcher his first name, but he's known by King Tug. That was Gary Russell's last fight. Before that, he fought Kiko Martinez, knocked him out. Before that, he beat Jojo Diaz in a unanimous decision. Again, his only loss is to Vasily Lomachenko. So it's not going to be easy. To come in here and upset Gary Russell Jr. But one thing I will say. We talked about the hand speed. Sometimes. I use Amir Khan for example. Sometimes guys with that blinding hand speed. That abnormal speed that cannot be taught. And you rarely ever see it. Some guys that have that speed. Fall in love with that speed. In other words. They'll get and They'll fall in love with a combination. They'll throw a combination. And it's so fast. It's so sudden. It's so hard to predict. And hard to time that they'll continue to, continue to throw it and continue to throw five, six, seven punch combinations. Well, when you fall in love with that, you open yourself up for something coming in return. And my only concern is that if Gary Russell Jr. gets too in love with his speed and starts throwing these deep combinations, when you get into five, six, seven punches, something will come back, and that's from Magsayo. His left hook is devastating. His right hook to the body I've seen land very well. This guy does have real power. That's the thing that concerns me. It's a classic power versus speed matchup. 
Uh, Filipino versus American should be a great main event. Like I said, I'll take Gary Russell Jr., but this will be all action. This will be a fun fight. This is the triple header on Showtime. Showtime really delivered last year. They only had one miss all year. That's really impressive. And that one miss was, of course, was of course Rigondeaux versus Casemiro in one of the worst fights in the last few years. Not because of their, their ability, but just because of their unwillingness to exchange with each other. Single-digit punches were being landed and stuff like that. That was terrible. But other than that, Showtime really delivered all year in 2021. I expect more of the same in 2022, and we're starting off with a banger. That's the main event, Gary Russell Jr. versus Mark Maxeo for the featherweight championship. Um, King Tug, who I mentioned, will be in the opener, but the co-main might be the fight of the night. Subriel Matias, one of the most menacing punchers in the junior welterweight division. That's the 140-pound division against Petros Anian. This is a rematch. Matias's only loss was to Anian, and that was a really close fight. That was a good fight. First fight was all action. It was on the Wilder Fury 2 undercard. These two fought basically in a phone booth at extremely close range, high action. And Nanyan's defense wasn't very good. He, to me, was losing the early rounds. He looked tired midway through the fight. But I was noticing something. There was times at the end, even though Matias was winning the rounds, there was times at the end of each round, I'd say the last like 30 seconds or so, Matias found himself with his back against the ropes. It kept happening, and I was like, hmm. He can't keep fight. He's winning the fight, but he keeps putting himself in a position at the end of every round. Not like the way that that was developing. Well, in the seventh round, he ends up getting cracked against the ropes. Again, he was against the ropes at the end of the round. Gets cracked badly with a right hand, the wide right hand. He's against the ropes, and the ropes held him up, which is technically a knockdown. If the ropes hold you up, that's a knockdown. He was um, Ananyan was credited with the knockdown. And another thing that concerned me was Matias got hit with the same right hand four times in a row. When you get hit with the same punch over and over and over again, that makes me concerned. That makes me think you have no defense, defensive discipline at all. Uh, Matias did bounce back after that loss. There wasn't a knockout. He did get dropped technically by being held up by the ropes. But down the stretch, Matias was getting hit with big shots. He is a menacing puncher, though. He's 17. His 17 victories, 17-1. All 17 victories are by knockout. So I can't see Ananyan lasting another 10 rounds with Matias. Matias has bounced back since the loss. Um, I believe Ananyan has not lost either since then. So this, to me, is going to be another war. I don't see how it won't be. Both guys are very high action. Matias actually killed the man. And I'm not kidding, folks. I think it was two or three fights ago. He fought a man named Maxim Dachev. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. A Russian man by the name of Maxim was taking punishment in the later rounds. His veteran trainer, Buddy McGirt, stopped the fight in the 11th round. And Maxim actually protested. He wanted to continue the fight against Matias. But um, like most Warriors would, he was disagreeing with his trainer's decision to throw in the towel. And stop the fight, but Maxim later collapsed on the way to the dressing room. He was rushed to the hospital. He suffered a massive brain bleed, and he actually died two or three days later. Really sad stuff, but I'm just mentioning that to show that Matias really is a serious puncher with life-changing power.
Latias has never been in a boring fight. So I definitely believe that this is going to be fight of the night. I don't see any way it doesn't deliver. But stranger things have happened. But that's the card. It's a triple header on Showtime. The card begins at 9 p.m. Opening with King Tug, the Matias Ananian rematch in the middle, and the main event, Gary Russell Jr. versus Mark Maxile for the Featherweight Championship. Really good card. We're heating up slowly. It's a slow burn so far. January is usually a slow time for boxing. We've got the NFL playoffs and things like that before we get into the big stuff later in the year. February is going to start off with a bang. Keith Thurman is returning to the ring. Another guy coming off a long layoff. He's fighting against Mario Barrios. He's coming off his loss to Javante Davis. That's his only loss. Keith Thurman coming off the loss to Manny Pacquiao. That's his only loss. So really exciting matchup. Both guys coming back, trying to get to the top of the welterweight division, and they got to go through each other to get there. That's going to be an all-action fight. Leo Santa Cruz is returning on the undercard to that fight. Luis Neri is also on that card. Josecito Lopez is on that card. It's a really stacked card, really fun card to really get us into what tends to be the really busy months when you get into March, April, May. And from there, it's full throttle till the end of the year, just like 2021. I expect 2022 to be just as good, if not better. And I believe we're starting off great this Saturday on Showtime. And that wraps it up for this week. I will be back shortly. Like I said, January has been slow, but it's going to pick up from here on out. The boxing world will be on fire once again, and I'll be here to cover it all. Please share this podcast with any boxing fans who may be interested. Also, do me a favor. Give me that five-star review. Um, I hate to tell you guys to give reviews and leave comments and stuff like that because I used to hate hearing those on other podcasts. But it is really how this thing works. It is how we get more listeners. It is how um, you see this podcast on like the front pages of different sites and stuff like that. So please give me that review. It really does go a long way, more than you would ever imagine. Thank you, guys. Have a good night and a safe weekend. Enjoy the fights. I'm out.